Specialty Stories Podcast, session number 26. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to the Specialty Stories Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, the host here every week, as well as the host at the MCAT Podcast, the old pre-meds podcast, and the pre-med years podcast, and hopefully some more coming soon. So stay tuned for that. You can find all the podcasts that we have to offer at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. Today, I'm going to do something very different. We jumped into the Specialty Stories podcast with specialists, which is obviously the goal of this podcast, to speak to specialists from every field, both community and academic. But I want to rewind a little bit and actually talk about the whole process of just thinking about the specialties and the questions that you should be asking yourself and what you should be thinking about as you're going on this journey. So when you listen to these interviews, whether the past ones or the future ones, you have a little bit better sense, hopefully, of what you are thinking about, what your goals are, what you hope for your life, so on and so forth. So that when you listen to the specialists, as I'm talking to them, you get a better sense of, of what you like, what you don't like, based on what he or she is saying. And so that's what we're going to dig in today, is is kind of the the thought process behind choosing a specialty. So there are some do's and don'ts and, and a lot of other things, but here's one thing to keep in mind. There are a large majority or a large percentage of pre-meds that go into medical school knowing what they want to do. What you have to keep in mind is, though, that most medical students change their mind. They go in, they go in with their exposure and their research around cardiology. I want to be a cardiologist. I want to be a cardiologist. And then they go and they get more involved in cardiology, and they're actually on their clinical rotations and doing certain things, and they're like, wow, this really sucks, because they're getting more involved with it, and you're actually doing a lot more clinical work as a medical student, and you go, this isn't what I thought it was. Life doing research for a cardiologist may be pretty cool, doing that clinical research, whatever it may be, but once you actually get in day in and day out, being a cardiologist, whatever specialty, realize that that can change. And so don't hold on to your convictions of, I want to be a a urologist, a neurologist, an orthopedic surgeon, whatever it is that you think you're holding on to, let go a little bit to that and keep an open mind as you are going through this process. Understand though with that, that what you see as a medical student, is typically urban academic medicine. For the DO students out there, it's not always the case because most DO schools are not associated with 
large academic medical centers. And so you have to go around to different hospitals. Some are academic, some are more community-based. They may be more in the suburbs or more rural, wherever the hospitals are that you rotate at based on what school you go to. Understand that what you see day in and day out as you're a first year, second year, third year, fourth year doing your rotations and doing your um, preceptorships and your preclinical years, the medicine that you are likely seeing is not what the majority of medicine is. It's not how the majority of medicine is practiced. So when you're out shadowing a cardiologist in a large urban academic medical center, the life of that cardiologist could be 180 degrees different than a community-based cardiologist or even a rural-based community cardiologist. So keep that in mind. And as you are setting up rotations for your sub-internships and getting more involved in some of these electives, obviously cardiology is not the best because it's a fellowship that you do after medicine. But as, as you are getting more and more involved and you're setting up your rotations as a third and fourth year student, try to mix up academic and community settings to give yourself an idea of, of what you want for yourself. Do you see yourself as an academic person? Do you want to be around residents and medical students? Or do you just want to work as a physician and practice? Do you enjoy teaching? Do you enjoy doing research. Usually research is big in the academic world. You can do plenty of research in the community, uh, but usually in the academic world, it's a little bit more mandatory. Uh, Or do you want to try to have a hybrid setup where we talk to Dr. Toff back uh, several episodes ago. He's more of a community-based nephrologist but is also involved in academics as well, running a a residency program for nephrology, a fellowship program for nephrology. So you can you can have a little bit of the best of both worlds. So you you have to start thinking about those settings because as a medical student, it helps to start thinking about where you want to go to residency. It's a question that I've asked a couple people. How did how did you choose your residency? And some of them were talking about, well, I I knew I wanted to be in a community setting or I knew I wanted to do a lot of research or whatever it is. So you need to to have those ideas in mind, regardless of the specialty. So let's get down into specialty. How do you decide what you want to specialize in? So let's talk about some questions that you can ask yourself. So some common questions out there that are good to ask yourself, what what kind of person are you? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an introvert by nature. And so when I go out and interact with people, when I interact with patients all day, or when I used to interact with patients all day, before medical school and during medical school, when I was working as a personal trainer, interacting with clients all day, I would be completely drained at the end end of the day. Working with people drains me. Being at conferences drains me. So if I would have taken that into account and and it was significant enough that at the end of the day, I was completely wrecked and couldn't do anything, maybe I would think about something that was a little bit less patient-focused. 
Now, it sounds kind of weird going into medicine thinking about something less patient-focused, but if that's the type of person you are, think about it. But there's also the opportunity to kind of fake it till you make it. So I put on a, a big smiley face during work and at conferences and everywhere else, and you just kind of deal with it. And at the end of, end of the day, you're tired like everybody else, maybe a little bit more tired. And I would need lots of what, what I call alone time. I, I needed to be by myself to kind of recharge my batteries. Or there's the type of person, you may be the type of person that recharges being around to other people. And so if you're that that kind of people person, then look into those fields that are more people heavy, like psychiatry or just some of the general primary care specialties. Some of the more possible introverted ones, radiology obviously is one that that sticks into mind, that the stereotype of the physician, the radiologist sitting in a dark room by himself or herself. But remember, radiologists, you can get into interventional radiology now and interact with patients a lot in that way. Pathology is one of those stereotyped ones where you're just interacting with autopsies, but that's such a small part of pathology that a lot of pathologists are doing fine needle aspirations or FNAs with patients. You heard from Dr. Judy Melanick a couple episodes ago, a forensic pathologist. While her specific field and that specialty is working with autopsies and doing that forensic pathology, she's still interacting a ton with the patient's families and with the law enforcement side of things and going into court and doing all those other things. So while every field has has those niches where you can try to get a little bit less quote-unquote patient care, uh, a lot of them still have a bunch of interaction with patients. So if you're an introvert, you're, you're probably never going to get away from people completely in medicine, but there are some opportunities, depending on what field you go into, to help recharge your batteries by by having some quieter times. Those are some things to think about. So what type of person are you? What types of stressful situations do you like to be in? Are you ready for kind of anything at any notice and life and limb and death in your hands? Maybe the the emergency department is right for you. I I liked the emergency department, uh, but I didn't like that sort of intensity. I I wouldn't want to work in that sort of stress. Now, I originally wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, so obviously complications happen in the in the operating room, and you need to be able to handle that, but you're already in a controlled environment, and hopefully you're thinking through these situations as you're going through it, thinking about, okay, I'm going um, down into to this area, I know there's these arteries and these veins, and here's what will happen if I mess up. You're always thinking three steps ahead, but in the emergency department, anything can come in at any time. And so you, you, you always need to be prepared. And, and will you be able to handle that? So a couple silly questions that I don't think are valuable in asking is, what sort of time frame do you have? How long do you want to, to train? So obviously, neurosurgery, seven years versus pediatrics, three years. That's a big difference. But if you really want to be a, neuro- a neurosurgeon, you're like, yeah, I'll settle for pediatrics. Then you're making a huge mistake because you get into your peds rotations and you're working as a pedi- uh, pediatrician and you're, you're just thinking about being a neurosurgeon and operating on brains all day long. Don't settle on something 
don't avoid something just because the training is going to be longer than you hope for. It's only a couple of years. It may seem like a long time at the beginning of your career, but when you're looking back at it, it's not a lot of time at all. So don't use that as a, a criteria for deciding where you're looking at or what specialties you're looking at. Do you need a lot of variety? This is another question that comes up. Are you a variety person? Maybe the emergency room is good for you. Let me tell you, we interviewed an emergency room doc, emergency medicine physician on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure during that conversation, he said, look, the majority of the day you're spent dealing with a lot of the same stuff over and over again. The, the kind of cool uh, gunshots and this and that, all that other stuff is a small percentage of what you see. It's still a lot of bread and butter disease and pathologies. Everything you do as a physician will get monotonous. And so you need to really love the monotony. Don't go into emergency medicine because you want it to treat gunshot wounds all day long because that's not what your career is going to be like. You have to like all of the other stuff. The worst stuff you have to like and be okay with that because that's where the majority of your work is going to come from. Another one that... How much can you handle blood and guts and how squeamish are you is a silly question because as we heard from Dr. Judy Melanick again a couple episodes ago as a forensic pathologist, she deals with a lot of nastiness and with crime scenes and accident scenes and everything else, you're dealing with, with squished heads and blown up bodies, whatever, burnt bodies. You just... I asked her this question and she she said, you you know, you just, you get used to it. You get desensitized to it. It's something that happens over time with your training. So don't think about right now as a pre-med student or as a medical student, oh, I don't like blood and guts. Because as you progress through your training, you will become more and more accustomed to blood and guts. That's the the general trend. Maybe you're different, but don't use that criteria right now to decide. Another one, I'm not good with my hands. Surgical skills can be taught. Don't worry about that. So if you're like, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not that type of uh, uh, dexterous person. Is that a word, dexterous? Uh, I don't have a lot of manual dexterity. A lot of that stuff can be taught. So don't don't write off surgery just because you don't think you have the manual dexterity. Practice and get better. You don't have the manual dexterity yet to, to be, be a surgeon, but there's still lots of time. So don't worry about those sorts of things. So those are some general things to think about as you are starting this search and things to keep in the back of your mind as you're hearing these episodes. Obviously, Kind of when you are starting down this path and you're you're getting into the weeds and thinking what what am I interested in? There's this huge divide, right? You have medicine and surgery, kind of generically. Medicine is going to be pediatricians and internal medicine docs and all those a lot of those subspecialties. You're going to deal with just a lot of the the bread and butter. Neurology is a medicine specialty. 
I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but that those those are the the specialties. Go to the AAMC Careers in Medicine website. That's where you're going to see a huge list of medical specialties there and what is available for you. So that is um, where you should kind of start looking at, as far as what's out there. Um, obviously, radiology is going to be a little bit more medicine-centered. Uh, There's a lot out there. There's 120 on here that are there. Surgical-wise, there are, according to the, I think, the Fellowship of something surgeons, uh, I forget the, the, the FACS, uh, there are 14 surgical specialties that are uh, that they recognize, and I won't go through that whole list, but surgery is surgery. Do you like the OR? Do you not? And again, don't think about it as far as do I like blood and guts or am I turned off by blood and guts? Do I get queasy around it? That stuff you get used to over time. So don't worry about it from that perspective. Now, personality-wise, the OR is a little bit different. The The environment is different. The pace is different. Do you like that sort of environment? And you don't know until you get in there. So look at those. Then there are, are some specialties out there. So, so that's a huge divide, right? Medicine or surgery. Then there are some specialties, and there's four roughly that are typically named, that are a great mix of medicine and and surgery, and we had one of those on last week with urology. Now, urology, ophthalmology, ENT, and OBGYN are considered really good mix specialties that have medicine and surgery. So if you are kind of stuck in that middle gray zone of wanting to be in the OR, but wanting to do a lot of medicine as well, maybe take a look at those. Do you like procedures? Dermatology, obviously huge with procedures. Physical medicine and rehabilitation. We talked to Dr. Chris Saylor many episodes ago about PM&R and how that's a great specialty, a lot of procedures in that specialty. So are you interested in working with your hands and doing that sort of thing, but don't really want to be in the operating room? So that's something to think about as well. There's a great, great, great comic by Scut Monkey, and we'll put a, a link to that. It's the underwear drawer on Blogspot, that blog. They have a great comic that stereotypes all of the the main medical specialties, and they are pretty spot on. It's it's pretty, pretty funny and, and awesome. So think about checking that out and looking at that. There's also a couple fun algorithm charts out there of of kind of choosing a, a flow chart of uh, how to choose your medical specialty. So think about these things, some things that you don't want to, some other things that you don't want to look at when it comes to choosing a career. Don't look at income. Income should be last on your list as far as what you are hoping to do in the future. Don't look at potential income. You won't be happy. You you may get lucky, but more than likely you won't be happy. You'll be in it for the money, which is the wrong reason. Don't think that because you're choosing to be an academic cardiologist that you're stuck there for the rest of your life. Once you have your specialty, 
you're a cardiologist, you're in an academic setting, guess what? You can go move to a community hospital. So that stuff isn't set in stone. You can go community to academic, academic to community. You can do whatever you want in those situations. So those are some things that I wanted to finally talk about to help you start just getting around the mindset of what you should be thinking about when you're listening to these physicians talk about their specialties. Now, you'll hear a lot of these doctors that I'm interviewing, I'll ask them, well, what traits do you think are good for XYZ? And when you listen to those, they are all very much always the same. Nephrology seems to be, the, the since I've had two nephrologists on, they seem to be kind of the odd man out with this one specific thing that you have to be and you have to love attention to detail. But everybody else is, you obviously have to work hard and you got to want to help people and be a lifelong learner, all of those kind of generic things. So those kind of start blending in together. But there's all these other things. So hopefully that will help you. Do you have something else that you would add to this list to help choose a specialty, shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I hope this was enjoyable for you. As always, I'm always looking for guests for this podcast. If you know anybody, if you would recommend anybody to be on this podcast, any specialty, let me know, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, and I'll show you how, or I'll tell you how you can put me in contact with whoever it is that you have in mind. So shoot me an email, let me know. As always, I hope you join us next week here at the Specialty Stories.